and welcome back to Game Bites, a podcast where we talk about games, past, present, and future. I'm your host, Brian Rooney, and with me today, the voice that may break your eardrums, <laughs> one half of Flicks in a Six, Al, Al, say something awkward. My name is Al Bielsi, and this is my favorite video game podcast on the Spin Tune Podcast Network. It's the only one. Oh. Jerry, how, how Tom Green of you. <laughs> no, it's not Tom Green. <laughs> my favorite game podcast because it is my game podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and talking prematurely before his intro over there, the mm. other half of Flicks in a Six, Anthony Costanzo. Anthony, now you say something awkward over there. These video games are going to drive me to therapy. And I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> Not what we're talking about here. Today we're talking about Bioware. And this is going to be a multi-part episode. So this one, we're just going to talk about how we got into Bioware. So um, I'm really interested in Al's perspective. That's why Al's here for Bioware. So I want Al to start this off with, Al, what was your first Bioware game? And like what, what kind of made you say, this is what I want to play? So as is well documented on the many platforms <laughs> that the Spin Tune has to offer... The very first retro review is on the original Mass Effect that came out on my birthday in 2007. (laughs) And that is how I was introduced to Bioware. That is the first game of theirs that I played. And um, the birthday thing was just a cool, like, it was like the final, like, cherry on top of what was going on. It was, I believe, uh, Game Informer, one of the Game Informer covers, like, in, like, I want to say 2005, Mm -hmm. there was a big story in that. And it's like... At that time, I had the subscription. I used to read through every one. I was like, oh, that game looks cool. That game doesn't. I used to like actually be more adventurous with what games I would pick up. I'm not like you guys now. Um, <laughs> like Something has to really call to me for me to want to pick it up. Yeah. I should probably just buy, especially I've heard Anthony talk about it a lot recently. I haven't gotten my way through the whole Game Bytes catalog yet, but I've listened to a handful of the episodes. You guys talk about Game Pass a lot. That might be the way that would get my adventure streak back in because there's like Mm. very little like reason to not play something that's available to you for i'm gonna say quote unquote free like no additional cost um so i already spent that money that money's gone exactly so the the games are free shelling out and and like listen money is not an issue for me at the moment but still to shell out 60 dollars for something that i end up having no interest in and after the first like the first hour i'm gonna be super fucking pissed about i'm not a mobile gamer so (laughs) anyway long way way to say Game Informer, I read the cover. I was I read that cover story, and I was like, "This looks so cool!" It was a world that I couldn't fathom. It was a type of game I had never heard of before. Uh, I'd never really played a formal RPG other than like Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> so, like, just the idea of this, That's like, fair. this depth of detail and customization, and making the story your own, I, was just out of this world to me. It's like I have to give this a shot. And then I promptly forgot about that game entirely until I saw the trailer come out in like the summer of 2007. Yeah, you mentioned how Anthony and I play are a little more adventurous, but growing up, I wasn't like that because you didn't have access to all these games like you do now. But now I am playing a game on my Switch about like competitive kite flying, so I'm extremely (laughs) adventurous now. (laughs) Well, yeah, some of the things I hear you talk about, or more importantly, I edit like three of your reviews a week. Food pals. Yeah, food pals. (laughs) Or that one where you're like the the shitty one where you're the pizza delivery guy, like a mile in the sky. Oh my god. Pizza parking. That that may be the worst game I ever played. I couldn't remember. I remember the gist of the story. I remember you laughing at how terrible the controls were and about how the ridiculousness of like, it just seemed like you were like 
floating a mile in the sky in these parking lots. Could not remember what it was called. So bad. Oh man. Now, and I, uh, I know nothing about you and Bioware. Like I assume Mm. you played something, but I also don't know. Like, What's your your first entry here? My introduction to Bioware was Knights of the Old Republic. So that's what I uh, said to Brian when we were talking the right. other night. And it remains uh, to be like one of the one of the most memorable experiences playing a video game that I've ever had. Uh, as you know, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and uh, Knights of the Old Republic just knocked my socks off. First off, the just like the way that combat was laid out, it was very different from anything that I've played before. Um, I wasn't big into RPGs, but I feel like it kind of bridged the gap for me from like it was a it was a little bit more interactive than something turn based, even though it was it, it's 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 a hard it's hard to explain. You'd have to play it to experience like the system, but uh, it definitely helped me get into that style of game. And uh, man, I just I was I was heavily invested. Did you play that on the Xbox? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, you say of course, but you you have, as we've discussed many times, a love-hate relationship with PC, and that was on PC, which is how I originally had played it. Uh, I, I believe that originally came to Xbox. Yeah, so I'll jump in here as the quote-unquote <laughs> Bioware expert. Um, in that period of time, the early 2000s to, uh, like, I guess 2009, all of their games were Xbox exclusive that would turn around, like, six months later with a PC port. Hmm. Yep, that was a that was a that was a day one pickup for me, and uh, man, did I love it! Me and Carl Rizzi <laughs> keep, keep bringing Carl Rizzi up Rizzi. on the show. <laughs> me and Carl Rizzi used to play that come game up in the Halo episode. Yeah, it's like why do I know this name? I just listened to that one like a week ago. So we gotta get that guy on here. I, one, I mean, I mentioned one thing on that. I forget about Carl with the pizza, but yeah. something else just came into my brain recently with Carl when we were playing mm. the original Halo. And everyone like on the other team got in a warthog and left. And he's like, they just jalopied it out of there. Like, yeah, I don't think jalopied. That's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that used as a verb. That is, that is solely deployed as a noun. Uh. <laughs> uh, now, now, Ant, did you? You said like this got you into that style. So did you mm-hmm. play any more of their games? Like, I feel like yes. I um. Wait, hang I on. Was... I, w- I want to take a guess because I know you played knights. I know you played knights too. Well, Knights mm-hmm. 2 actually isn't Bioware. That's Obsidian. Yeah. That's true, but I'm going to still give it the assist on this case. I know he <laughs> played the first Mass Effect, and I want to say my recollection is you played like 80% of Mass Effect 2, or did you actually finish it? It's hard to say. I don't know. <laughs> it's not I don't hard know. to say. It is. Coming I don't know if I finished it. I not remember anything he plays. I know that I've played it multiple times, each time getting further than the previous. So that's why I'm saying I think I remember you said that you made it through like 80% because I yeah, think you said you I, tried I two deep. or three playthroughs, but I don't ever remember you like having the moment where you told me, oh, hey, man, I finally finished one. Like I got. The no, one. yeah, no, I don't think I, I it's it's very possible that I didn't finish the second one. Uh, obviously, I didn't play the third one. I, Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic 2, which I also didn't finish, which was not Bioware, but it doesn't matter. Um, Mass Effect, which I adored. Um, then the second one. Like I said, got it a handful of times. Um, I'm looking at their list of, of stuff here. I mean, you, uh, I know you played the I mean, beta of Anthem, but I don't know if you played any of the I actual did game. Play, I did play the beta, the beta of Anthem, that is true. Did you try I, Andromeda uh, too? I tried and returned Andromeda. Yeah, um, and you have Jade Empire, which was another, I think, did Xbox not play that. RPG. Yeah. Um, then you have the Dragon Age series. I don't know if you yes. played any of those. I've played you have Baldur's Gate, which I don't know if you've tried to 
return to because we weren't playing Baldur's Gate when it came out because we were too no. young to understand that. Does not well, I I always wanted to, but I never I never did. I played that I was probably about maybe 16, 17 or so and I had bought it on PC and played it and I, I liked it. I thought it was okay, but there was a sale on iOS and I bought it and it plays fine on iOS. Like that's not the problem. The the game just too much reading and it's just it, <laughs> it, it didn't it didn't hold up the way I hoped it did, and I can't get back into it. But uh, I am excited about the new Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 3, which, again, not Bioware, though. So they, they're letting their their franchises go, I guess. I don't know hmm. what the deal with that is. They don't, they don't own the IP, I guess. But Interesting. Just, it's weird, because like, I feel like there's a lot of hype for Baldur's Gate 3. That would have been a nice win for Bioware if they were on that. Sure. Well, did they do the second one, or did they only do the first one? I actually forget, because I never played the... I believe they did the second one. And okay. I'm going to double yeah, check they that. They did now. Shadows of, of Ammon? Yes. Released September 21st, 2000. Okay. Yeah, so that was them in their very like nascent state, like those games. And I think... Is it... Am I misremembering this? Is Baldur's Gate meant to be like a license of Dungeons & Dragons? Yes. Yeah, okay. So that's the thing. It's early on and they didn't actually own any IP. They licensed stuff. Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, they licensed from LucasArts. Um, that they licensed as well, right? Um, I think it's only with Jade Empire was the first time that they did their own IP, but I could be even wrong. I'm not sure. I, I know very little about that. Did you ever try it? No, no, I've never played that. The first one, even chronologically, that I've played is Mass Effect. Uh, I've never gotten around to playing Knights of the Old Republic, unfortunately. I didn't own an original Xbox. I never played PC games, so... It was just basically before my time. There, there are two earlier games that might not have been licensed or Shattered well, Steel Shattered and Steel, MDK2. It, Shattered Steel is their first game. What was mm-hmm. the other one you said? MDK2. Oh, I forgot about that one. Um, well, and I think they also did... <laughs> they also did... Uh, was it Neverwinter Nights, I think? Isn't that one of them? Yes. yes. And that one I also know almost nothing about. Set in Forgotten Realms campaign setting of Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. So also licensed material. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it makes sense if you're getting started that way. I, what I, sure. One of the things I find fascinating, um, I was doing some research, as I was saying to Brian the other day when we were talking, um, this idea for this series, which was going to be one or two episodes that's now stretched out to something, I think, like five <laughs> episodes that we're proposing. Um, when I was researching some stuff here, I had no idea that Bioware was started by a bunch of medical doctors in Canada. That's awesome. Right? I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like the two guys I knew of as the creators like the guys who were in charge was Greg Zeschuk and Ray Musica. And I had no idea that they were medical doctors. I know I'd seen one of them, I don't remember which one, uh, like like credited as Doctor, I think it was Dr. Ray Musica. And I was like, oh, okay. I assumed that he had some sort of PhD in like computer programming or something like that, you know? Right, right. <laughs> I had no idea what that's funny what their their background was. So apparently like there was like five different doctors in somewhere. I don't know where in Canada, I'm assuming Edmonton because that's where they've been based out of for the longest time. What I did like about this is, I mean, you don't have to go to med school to be a doctor. You have a doctor in anything, but these were medical doctors. These were medical doctors. (laughs) (laughs) I've decided let's make video games. Right. It's not like, like uh, a doctor of some, like of any relevance. It's no medical doctor. Like, (laughs) Hello, doctor. Please check my uh, my pulse. <laughs> mm. 
Uh, and also, and that I, game was sweet. What a strange request. <laughs> uh, just start to think of something that was pretty low-key. Like, you know, like, it, I feel like you wouldn't be asking politely. Uh, I've been shot. Can you please address this sure. issue? You know? Sure. <laughs> and I assume you're... I'm going to say first playthrough because I want to, I'm, I'm hoping this happened. Your first playthrough of Knights of the Old Republic. I'm assuming yeah. you, you went good and yeah, all the good choices. Yeah. Did you ever go back and do the bad choices? Nope. Play it through good again. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. I don't know what it was. I felt bad about it. <laughs> I feel this way about any of these games where you have a choice. I'm just always, I, I feel weird being the bad guy. Well, <laughs> always choose the bad guy when you can. Of course you do. <laughs> See, that's, that's cool. So th- there's two different mentalities here, right? There's, Ryan, who we have not actually settled the debate on whether or not he has a soul, because I'm still concerned. <laughs> I'm still concerned with his whole take on I'm not worried about anything being spoiled for me because I feel like sure. for whatever reason, that's a representation of a lack of some bit of the human makeup. Yeah, and it may sound mean and kind. it is mean, but but, but it's not. <laughs> It's totally Brian, fair. Brian goes, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's See, totally fair. See, here's where you're wrong. Is it's because it's true. So don't think <laughs> it at all. No, um, but what I also find curious, and it's something I hew more closely to, is what Anthony said. And it, it harkens back to what he said about like eight minutes ago, where it was an experience. Mm. And that's how I feel that when Bioware does it right, you don't play the game, you experience it. And, mm-hmm. and they don't have a monopoly on that. Like, there's obviously... From what I've heard, you guys talking about Naughty Dog and uh, The Last of Us games, like you experience those games. Oh, and yeah. That <laughs> transcends something like, and and this might sound like I'm coming, like, I feel like you play Halo, no matter how excellent sure. it is, but I don't feel like you experience it. You for sure don't experience Call of Duty or like <laughs> Madden or like pick your other like basic entertainment. And there's nothing wrong with those. Like they're, they're mm-hmm. great fun. They are. But what calls to me in a video game is getting some sort of experience. And I have almost always felt that with Bioware with only like one exception. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I have not felt that with Bioware, which I'll get into in a second, but the last of us, like a game like that, like saying experience that invaded my personal life to a fact well, I'd be playing at night, which we already said, not a good, a good idea. No. That. And then I'll take my dog outside before going to bed and it's pitch black, and I have a flashlight looking around to make sure she's there. Oh, God. something creak, and I'm oh, like, God. oh, God, I can't play this game late night anymore. No, definitely not. Uh, but What's I wrong never, with you? <laughs> never had that happen with Bioware, but I haven't played as many Bioware games as I would have liked. So I which had, ones did you actually play? Um, my first one was Knights of the Old Republic, and I played okay. it on a PC that, like, a mouse and keyboard for that was a little awkward, so, like, I, I liked it but I wasn't really used to PC gaming. It was just, I didn't have an Xbox and someone's like, Oh, you need to play this. And I found a way to do it and I liked it, but I'd made every bad decision you can make and no regrets. I <laughs> tried mass effect when it came out, couldn't get into it. Then, um, one or two jobs ago when I was traveling a lot, I bought it and I was like, I'm going to play this on, on PC, going to do it. And I don't think it ran well, or ran right on PC. Like I think it always had problems and I couldn't get into it. Then mm-hmm. I tried it again on console and I, I got to a point where you had to drive a vehicle. I don't remember what the vehicle was called. So I the Mako, the Mako. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's, that's when I just left and I, I didn't try to, I didn't try three. I've been saying they're going to release a, tr- a trilogy remaster for, I've been thinking that for years and I'm like, that's when I'm going to try it. 
I'm going to do that. Now I'm just holding out for that trilogy remaster to come to Switch because I'll definitely try it on there. Mm. But I did play, play Andromeda. I probably put in maybe about six hours or so in uh, Andromeda. I did not have any of the problems people had, like with all these weird glitches. I actually, yeah. I, I liked it. I thought the gunplay was fun. Um, I didn't really care too much for the story, but that was my own fault. I wasn't paying attention. And then something else came out, and I just didn't care again about Andromeda. Well, also, mm. it's like a 150-hour game. So six hours is dipping your toe in the water. Sure, but like I didn't stop because I'm like, this is awful. Like I really liked it. Just something else kind of took my my time away from it. I just never felt the need to go back. But I did yeah, like Andromeda. We're all on three different wavelengths when it comes to Andromeda. I, I just didn't get into it. I was playing the game and, and kicking off. I was just a little bored, and I just stopped playing. I just I need to be engaged. That one definitely had, unfortunately, the least engaging open... Well, going back to experiencing and feeling connected to it. I mean, the end <laughs> of the prologue mission, if you don't feel something there, I think you might just be heartless. But You're just dead. Yeah, you're, you're, dead, dead inside. you're dead inside. Um <laughs> I definitely but, didn't get there. What's that? <laughs> I definitely didn't even get that far. You didn't finish the prologue mission? I don't think so. I don't remember it, so it couldn't have well, been that if you, memorable. If you played six hours, you surely passed the prologue oh, mission. Oh, I know oh, I did. I, I know I, I did. I did not play six hours. Okay. I mean, it should only take sure. you, like, an hour? The game. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I might have only got, like, 30 us, minutes into it. Part <laughs> one. Most ridiculous prologue ever. That if you don't feel anything after that, uh, no, yeah. it's it's not up. You're to that dead level. inside. It's, okay. it's from what I understand, it's it's not nearly up to that level. No, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, like, if you don't feel something in this, then you know I do question. But regardless, can you refresh our memories what the prologue was? So the premise of Andromeda, if you have no concept of Mass Effect, so there's a, a split in the timeline with the creation of Andromeda. Uh, they, they, not that it's like a other worlds like situation, like a crisis and flashpoint or whatever the fuck um at the end roughly of mass effect 2 the storyline that heads to mass effect 3 happens there is an initiative that was created the andromeda initiative where with fears of a cataclysmic event coming around which is what the mass effect trilogy deals with uh there's a private endeavor with very limited government funding across multiple species that decides um let's create a separate arm of our environment and our species in Andromeda because we don't love what's going on in this galaxy right now. And so they undergo this trip to the Andromeda galaxy. They have obviously their own hibernation technology. So no one aging during the course of that. It's I think like a 650 year journey to get to Andromeda. So the very beginning of the game, you're everyone's getting their final preparations. They're getting into their, their stasis pods and they're taking off. And then you wake up. And you're in Andromeda. And so they split the main species each into their own main ship they call an Ark. So each of them was headed to what their best guess is this planet was going to be the best environment for each individual species because their needs are a little different. Um, so you're playing as a human character. You get to the planet they think is going to be best for humans to try to settle on. And you find out that there's some sort of environment altering phenomenon that's gone on that it's not just on the planet it extends through space and it fucks up your ship it's some sort of i'll call it radioactive for lack of a better term substance that's tearing up most of the planet and the space around that planet so your ship is incapacitated 
your only choice really because you can't hail anyone else you have there's no proof that any of the other arcs survived you're on your own and so the best guess that you have is to go land on the planet you find out that it's totally fucked up there's these like earth shattering storms going on everywhere and you're trying to find your way to the end of that you're both the the ships that crash land on it um are separated. They can't communicate with each other because of the electrical interference, all that sort of stuff. And then eventually you have to get everyone back together. And at the end of the prologue, are we doing spoilers for this? Can we say what happens at the end of the prologue of Andromeda? Yeah, I don't think enough people care about Andromeda. I think you yeah. can do it. Yeah, F- fair enough. So your dad dies and he sacrifices himself to save you. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, I didn't get that far. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the both of I, I you must... get blown off a platform. His helmet cracks. The air isn't breathable. He, Oh, sorry. Your helmet cracks. The air is breathable, so he takes the helmet off of himself, puts it on you, and dies. I remember that. So two things. For a game that yeah, I don't think you're too hot on, you remember that with just vivid detail. When all you had to say was, what happened in the prologue? Dad dies. Got it. Yeah, got him. <laughs> sure. Um, well, I just for anyone who's played like, no, no, I know. I'm just saying, the like, trilogy like, but not played that game would have some knowledge, right? So, no. Um I am obviously a bigger fan of it than the two of you because I've played mm. through it twice. Andromeda? Yes. Hmm. Um, That's I interesting here. I still like the game. It's not a bad game. It does not measure up to the other three, but in, it's still a in good storytelling game. or gameplay. What doesn't measure up? So, for the most part, the gameplay actually was really excellent. Um, yeah, because I liked what I played, I yeah. just didn't really get into it. The inclusion of the jetpack was really cool. The expansion of the power trees and how you could, they essentially they gave you a profile system. So instead of at the beginning of any of the three Mass Effect games, you pick one of six possible profiles where it locks you mm-hmm. into certain weapon types you can use, at least for the first two games, and certain power sets you could use. That's true of all three of the games. Did um, any of that carry over game to game? Like if I chose this in Mass Effect 1, would my save be recognized in two with my choices? Um... Yes, uh, for all the story choices. If you want, at the beginning of each of the three games, you could reset your powers. Okay. But everything else. So, for instance, in the first one, well, you guys, Brian, you said you never finished the first one? Nope. Make well, you, don't, you, you don't care about the spoilers, right? So, Of course not. Eventually, spoilers for Mass Effect 1 if you guys haven't played and have any issue in wanting to play it. At, at about two-thirds of the way through the first game, you're given a choice where you have to choose to let one of your two crew members die. Uh. <laughs> is there a right choice? Like, is there someone that you just hate? No. Well, uh, a lot of people prefer one character to the other, but I liked both characters well enough. Um, so it's up to you. It's your choice. And you, and the, what's really twisted about it is you. Uh, there's a mission where you have to assign both of them to do something. It's always the same two characters. It's your two human characters that are with you in the prologue mission in the beginning of the first Mass Effect. Uh, it's Caden Alenko and Ashley Williams. So you're given at the beginning of this one mission later in the game, um, you're faced with almost insurmountable odds and you have to choose to send one of them to go with another species special ops team to help coordinate between you because they know your protocols. So you make the choice then who you're going to send. But that doesn't consign that person to death because later on in the mission, you basically have to set up a tactical nuke to blow up a facility you're on. So you are now forced to set the other person who wasn't already sent to do that. And then you head off to help clear out the AA guns around there so you can drop off or so you can pick everyone up or something like that. And when you're halfway up to the platform, 
you're told that the platform is overrun where the one of your characters is and the person who's arming the nuclear device is also being overrun and you have to choose which one to go and save. No matter which one you choose, the bomb goes off and that mission's accomplished, but whichever one you don't save will die. There's no way to ace it. There's no way to, oh, I have enough like skill points. I have enough experience. Yeah. I have enough persuasion or charm that, intimidation that's, points. That's cool. I, like, I, I remember like, that happening and being like, wait, Yep. Really? And then when it happened, I was like, gone, gone? <laughs> gone, gone. You watch the nuclear blast from orbit and the music gets really dark. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Mass Effect was your first one, Al. Like, yes. what, what was it about that that really made an experience for you? Because when I tried to play it, I remember thinking it played like shit. Now, I didn't play it at launch, so it might have been just a little dated quickly the way that that game controlled. Let, let, me, let, me, let me allay your fears. It plays like shit in 2020. There is no question about that. I, I didn't feel like it played like shit in 2007, but to be fair, I had not played a lot of games of that ilk at that time. The only gotcha. other game I played with a similar combat system was Gears of War with the cover shooter mentality. That one was better, but it didn't feel like it was light years better. Um, they almost entirely fixed it by the time Mass Effect 2 came. So I... I- I mean, I still hold out hope and think they are going to release a remaster trilogy on. I hope so because I would like to play I, through them. Yeah, like I feel like that's got to come to Switch or the PS5 and Series X. Like it, it has to happen. So like, here's they, the here's the thing. This is what you do if you really want to play it and you don't want to wait around because the remaster, it, especially in the middle of the pandemic, there was a lot of smoke to the fact that it might come out at the end of this year, and I was heard it was treated as if it was officially announced. They never said they were going to no. do it. I, and I looked all over for an official yeah. announcement. And I especially don't think they will now at this time. So maybe next year, I suppose, it's possible. But I think they're going to really want to focus on stuff that's actually going to be new and garner like goodwill from their fans again. Um, well, I would think releasing that trilogy would get goodwill and get people same. talking about what Mass Effect, how great it was. Because you're not alone in thinking, even though saying it played like shit, because I've heard that. But you're yeah. not alone in saying that they're like masterpiece classics yes so here's if you want to experience it just go play it on fucking easy like because it's fine you'll be fine you're a veteran gamer like it won't be an issue like yeah it's clunky but then you like you're not dying every five seconds so you can just laugh at it and it's fine just get through it because you're not coming to mass effect for the gameplay at least not the first one i love the gameplay in mass effect 3 it's so slick and fun to me even now i still enjoy the hell out of it could i just start in the middle of our three? Of three? Like, can I just in start the, at In two? the middle of three. No, I meant in the middle or three. Like, can I just start at two or three? Or do I need to play one? So, I think you mm. need to play one because yeah. the only reason these games have stuck with me for this time is because of the characters and the story. It, and specifically the characters. If you don't fall in love with at least one of the characters, again, there's something wrong with you. You don't have to love all of them. There's some, I mean, there's some that suck. I mean, honestly, we know are. there's something wrong with me. <laughs> no, like, like, so you have six squad mates you play with in the first one. You have 12 that join you in the second one. Two of them are the same ones that you have in the first one. And then you're back to having, I think, six in the third one. Mm. Um, and two of them are entirely new characters to you. So, oh, sorry, three of them? No, two of them. Um, so, you know, I've always found the people went nuts for the story of the first one, and that's probably the best of the three. 
uh, just from a pure storytelling standpoint. But the second one, the few complaints, because I think it's by far the best reviewed of the four games. Um, I think it's the best one. It has much better combat than one, not as good as combat as three. Much better story than three, not as good a story as one. The best characters by far. And there's 12 of them, so there better be, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, a squad mates, you know, there's a lot of other important characters that you deal with an awful lot in the game as well that are non-playable characters entirely. Um, but you're not going to have that weight of why these characters matter, why this world matters if you don't play through the first one. Or bare minimum, I don't mm. know, maybe watch a cut-up of all the story. To, like, see if someone put up a, like, a thing of, these are all the cinematic could scenes do that. in Mass Effect 1, you know what I mean? Like, I guess you could do that. It would take you, I don't know, three or four hours or something. I have no idea. I could but, do that. I mean, but, the first uh, one, the first one's not offensive to play if you're playing it on easy or medium. Like, you you know, you'll be fine. Um, and this way you get to earn that time you spend with the characters and go through the choices. Because a, a big part of it, obviously, was choice. I've never seen choices like that in a game before then. And they affect the story materially. They affect the gameplay and how you go through things. So one of these days, it's on my backlog. One of these days, I'm gonna complete it and try to run through it. Will it happen? I don't know. I'll just keep saying one of these days. It'll but happen. I want I want to pivot here because I said my my first game I played was Knights of the Old Republic, like Anthony. But at that time, like I don't know what Bioware is, so this wasn't a Bioware game to me. It was just a Star Wars game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then then I played Baldur's Gate. But again, I don't know Bioware. I, I really was introduced to Bioware when Star Wars The Old Republic came out, the MMO. Now, I was a huge World of Warcraft player for years and years and years, and this was one of the games that promised to be the World of Warcraft killer. So many of them came and went that promised. But this one, man, so the problem with this one was it was too good that they couldn't keep up with it. Mm. <laughs> And this is what I, I I didn't know what all the hype was because I didn't really know much about Mass Effect. Like, and, and this was 2011 when it came out, so maybe this is actually when I tried Mass Effect in 2011 because this makes a little more sense timeline wise. Um, they were talking about the way Bioware tells stories, the way they did the first Star Wars game. They did like this is going to be incredible and MMO. That's what everyone was talking about. So that's when I started to learn what Bioware was as a company and looking at it, I'm like, all right, this looks really awesome. So, of course, I did this, and I was the bad guy. I was not a Jedi. Sure. I was the bad guy. And you play through it, and when it came out, the level cap was 60. You got to 60 pretty quick. There really wasn't much what they call endgame to do at that point. Um, but every mission was voice acted with cutscenes, with decisions. Mm. And there was, like, just in Warcraft, you go up to someone, and even one of, like, the main <laughs> characters... Yeah, they just kind of move their arms like, well met. <laughs> like, and then you have to read all the shit. In this, you go up and like they voice act everything to you. Mm-hmm. So the the demand to keep up with that production couldn't like keep the pace of players just running through this content. So I was in the camp of, I hit level 60. I saw everything this game had. And they're like, next expansion, six months. Like, oh shit. Like, I had no idea you now? got into this game. Yeah. I played this with Gus. Hi, Gus. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, it was, it was really, really, it was just great. But when you finish everything that's there in a game that's taking $15 a month from you yeah. for a subscription, because that's when subscription games were a thing. 
and you have nothing to do, it's just real disheartening. And that's when all the negativity comes out yeah, of that. That's it. That's so I, I feel like people think this game was a failure because it wasn't good, but it was a failure because it was too good and they couldn't mm. keep up with the demand. I remember when it was uh, what like early the early stuff like the trailers like I was blown away by it. I watched a friend play it for a bit because I I do I was just never an MMO person, but I was like, holy shit! <laughs> I'm still I don't play Warcraft anymore. Although I do have uh, Rob, my friend that was the dinosaur at my wedding. He, he mm-hmm. bothers me almost every day to get back into WoW because he's still playing, and I'm gonna do it soon to play with him for a little bit but i'm not gonna get back into it i can't but i'm still searching (laughs) for an mmo like i try every dumb mmo that comes out on ios to see like oh maybe this will just fill the void for a little bit they all are terrible like i still (laughs) kind of want it but i just don't have the time to put into it because the time commitment for just one of those games is tremendous it's 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 it becomes a chore that that's not why i'm playing games yeah like when i was playing warcraft religiously like i would be like oh i can't go out tonight we have a raid like really yeah (laughs) yeah see i never played any of those mmos um and part of it was i've never been big on the turn-based thing well mmos aren't all turn-based well but like world of warcraft world of warcraft was wasn't it no um warcraft was oh okay like uh, yeah but world of warcraft was not it was a full like action adventure game okay like you were running around hitting your your spell or your attack, like it wasn't turn based at all. Okay, see, I always assumed that all of them were, so that was part of why I had no real interest in it. Well, yeah, like the original Warcraft games were strategy games. Yeah, so that that's why, and that's where Dota was born out of the Warcraft three uh, game. So Dota is still huge. Dota two, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Def- yeah, those Defender games just never of the Ancients. I think. I never you know, I've always that. wondered what that was for. Especially I think it's Defender it's- of the Ancients. It's not fully capitalized, so I didn't. I was like, "Is it just a name? Then is it just a word?" <laughs> now it's just a name. Okay, I never got into that one. And yeah. I'm, I'm looking at, at Bioware's list of games here. Uh, a, a couple things stand out to me. One is like Mass Effect is is a classic, even though like, I'm not into it. But I'm looking like they made Star Wars, they made Jade Empire, like two well received RPGs. And then you get into Mass Effect, like another well-received RPG. Like things just kept getting better and better, and they're doing the same games. How did like I don't know where that went wrong. But we'll get into that later. But that's what I see standing out here. Like they're doing the same thing over and over mm-hmm. with better technology. They should just be getting better and better games. So I'm curious to see what you guys think went wrong. But what really stands out to me here is on their game list is Sonic Chronicles. Sonic Chronicles. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> The Dark Brotherhood. Yeah, so I and I don't know if that game was well received or not, but it's funny because that one is treated as like the like the long lost black sheep uh, amongst <laughs> their games. But so uh, it just doesn't like you have all your Mass Effect games, you have all your Dragon Age games, you have just RPGs, and then Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> well, so and we can get into this more um, in a future episode because it's going to be a whole long conversation topic. So yeah, like you said, um, oh, they're doing all these RPGs and it's being successful. So part of what ultimately will lead to their downfall is they decide to do something different. Cause right. Like, Oh, we're doing like a 3ds game. Like that's not hurting anyone. Right. Like, you know, right. you're not spending much on that. You're not sending out a huge part of your, your workforce to go do that. So it's just kind of its own little thing. Like they just had an opportunity and for whatever reason they chose to, to chase that. Um, 
What leads to their downfall ultimately is what happens behind the scenes. Part of it is choosing to do some things that are different. And the a, a lot of it is people were really pissed off when EA bought them, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, EA ruins everything. And that's true to a point, but it's not actually what happened here. Okay. I mean, hold that because I'm sure you're... Yes. You won't be able to stop once you get Oh, going. no, no. That's going to be a whole other hour <laughs> or so. So I just, I'll, I'll tease that here. Um, it's funny. We haven't really talked much about Dragon Age in this whole scene. And while Mass Effect is, has my heart forever, um, I love the Dragon Age games as well. Uh, and it's, fu- it's funny. Oh, what's up? What's that? I was going to say, it's kind of interesting how Mass Effect and Dragon Age kind of just kind of go one after another for a little bit here. Like, and it's like blockbuster after blockbuster. Yep. Got I, I never got into Dragon Age. I played Origins and really, really liked it. Uh, and then I had an accident and broke the disc. Oh, no. So And I never bought it I'm again. I'm going to need more about this accident. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a small hole. Did you rage quit? <laughs> I'm just oh, God! <laughs> was this the ultimate rage quit? You threw the disc across the room? Um, no, like this was the time where you take a game out and you just put it in whatever case is closest. Not uh-huh. next, like not really the game case it belongs in. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't all the way in, and I closed the thing. I'm like, oh, I'll just remember last next time that it wasn't all the way in. And I opened the box, and the game slid out, and it just fell perfectly that it broke in half. Nice. That's a, that's ridiculous. I forgot you were one of those people that put games in the wrong box. That was a thing that I could never do. But I do recall playing a game at your house. I think we were playing Manhunter. Manhunter? Is that it? Manhunt? Manhunt. Manhunt. Yeah, Rockstar and Games. And you were like, grab that. Grab Manhunt. It's in this box. And I was like, why do you know that? Like, why? <laughs> why is it in the Manhunt box? <laughs> because Grand Theft Auto 3 was in the Manhunt box. <laughs> oh, my God. That would give me so much anxiety after a while. Like, Because, look, listen, we've all been in there. We've been playing a game for a while. You just leave the game in the console. Sure, that's fine. You're lazy. And then you're like, oh, let me do this other thing real quick. Oh, I have someone over. Let's play this other game. So you grab the other game, forget that the first game's in there, so you just swap them. No. But then when you're done... No, you don't. No, no. You do what you have to do. Hang on, hang on, hang on. No, because you know, you've left Mass Effect in the Xbox, right? Sure. And now we're going to play Halo. So you've forgotten that Mass Effect is in the console. You grab the Halo cover. You go to put Halo in but then you discover that Mass Effect is in. Yeah. So you say, okay, we're only going to play Halo for two hours with my friends over. Nah. Halo goes into the console. Nice. Mass Effect goes into the Halo box. The box goes on top of the console. That's how it begins. The game. No. And then when you're done, because... That's a gateway you know, drug, Al. You're we're obsessed. Not, you're not a, about you're, that life. <laughs> you're only 10 hours into your 35-hour Mass Effect playthrough. So right, but take, then they want to the play Halo Gears of War out. next. No, 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 no. So <laughs> then you take Halo out and like, oh, shit. And then you put it in the Gears box and then things just, just it, it snowballs. See, that's yeah. the thing. You guys, especially you, Brian, I think it seems like you guys <laughs> have this, like, ADD with playing games where you jump back and forth between games. I play oh, one man. game through. And then I play the next game, you know? So it's Mass Effect mm. until I finish the campaign, and then it's Gear of War. And then if you, play Gears you of War, count you that mobile campaign. games, I am probably in the middle of over 30 games right now between my Jesus. Switch, That's, PlayStation, and phone. Yeah, It's got to be at least 30 games that I'm in the middle of. But see, like, I don't, you play like a lot of mobile games. Like, you can pick those up and drop them, like, whatever you need to. I play RPGs. I play Mass Effect. I play Dragon Age. I play 
Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, you I'm get immersed a in that RPGs world. RPGs on mobile. Uh, you get immersed in that world, <laughs> and you don't want to leave it until the story's over. I totally see what you're saying. I'm just just being argumentative here. <laughs> uh, but, Dra- now, but Dragon Age, it's interesting because that came out in I forget what month in 2009 because I actually didn't play that one at launch. Mass Effect made me in love with Mass Effect. It didn't make me in love with Bioware. Um, so are you excited for a new Dragon Age, or are you kind of? Eh. No, I am. No, no, no. I mean, at the time, like when when the first Mass Effect came out and when the first Dragon Age came out. So I had already played Mass Effect 2 when that came out like a year and a half after Dragon Age Origins before I even picked up Dragon Age Origins. I picked it up when okay. it was like two years old or so. Yeah, and Mass Effect 2 came out, I think, the year after. I think it was 2010. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, 2000, yeah 2010. 2010. Was, that's right. Um, yeah, it was, I think, March of 2000 or February of, March of 2010 or something like that. Um, so I played that one and then I played Dragon Age Origins and I was like, okay. This is cool. I love the Lord of the Rings vibes, which was what they were going for is kind mm-hmm. of a amalgamation of Baldur's Gate and Lord of the Rings. And I enjoyed it, but I was like, man, these graphics suck. The combat's worse. And I hate that my character doesn't speak because now I'm spoiled by Mass mm. Effect and Commander Shepard. And I was not used to playing this, this like text-based, like voiceless, like character, which to a certain extent made sense at that point because you could be playing one of like six different if, characters if i remember correctly shepherd you choose his first name right but it's always shepherd it's always commander shepherd yes but but like you pick a first name like you could type your name in if you want yeah but like no one says it you know what i mean it's just basically for your save file unlike in andromeda where if you play as the default scott or sarah they'll actually call it, some people will actually call you scott or sarah now you can pick your own name but you'll always be writer then yeah, I feel like I was Ryder. Yeah. Um, so I must put a name in. So I, I was really, it, and the, the weirdest thing was like, you were talking about, oh, like playing like something like World of Warcraft or whatever, where, you know, you're seeing this like text dump, which would be when you would choose what you were going to respond with in Dragon Age, but everyone else was fully voiced. So to me, it was super weird to have like either be only text or only it, it voice. It blows my mind when we still have games with like silent protagonists. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't get it. I feel like I've heard it's an artistic choice. For me, it's you're, you're saving money, and I, I it breaks my immersion honestly. And I know mm-hmm. there's people who are old school who love it, but to me, it breaks my immersion. I want to be in it. It doesn't matter that it's not my voice. Like I will right. ascribe myself to that person with that voice, no matter who it is, guy, girl, whatever. It doesn't matter. I can kind of understand when it's like a created character and they don't want to record different voices and they don't want to just assign this one voice, but. Like, back to, like, Rockstar, like, everyone loves Rockstar. Grand Theft Auto 3, like, why was he voiceless? No reason. Hmm. So, it's just, it's, things like that are weird. What what I found interesting about, like, the Dragon Age and Mass Effect, the way that the two have split in the years that, since their development or whatever, is on the front end, it felt like Mass Effect was so revolutionary in some of the things they did with having the choices and the way that the game evolved over the course of the trilogy ultimately is part of what ends up making the trilogy suffer and trip at the end is because there was so much of a split over the course of the three games that it was hard to lasso it in for the ending because ultimately they have to give you some sort of finite ending, but they also invented the conversation wheel. That's in like all RPGs at this point. (laughs) Like I'm pretty sure they invented that. They're the first game that did it. What Dragon Age has done over the course of time has been more inventive in you're in the world. It's all 
follows through because your choices in one actually do affect two. But you're playing as an entirely different character, an entire different section of the world. Now, the decisions made influence how you play the game and who you might meet and what sort of things happen in the world state and who even shows up sometimes from the first game. But now you have a fully voiced character. And instead of, you know, you're covering this whole country, you're in this one little city, you know what I mean? And then in the third one, it's, oh, we're giving you fucking open world. Like this is gigantic and insane. And well, Hmm. we kind of have spanned different generations, so we don't have a way to carry your save file. So we're going to devote time to building a whole website where you can populate all of the choices you made. I'm, I'm going to stop you there for a second now because I feel like that's going to be something good for like the rise, like just some of the ideas mm-hmm. they took to bring in new players and everything like that. So hold that. Oh, thought. for sure, yeah. Hold that though. We'll get back on that one. But I'm looking at the clock, so I want to sum up here. So mm. me and Anthony, we're awesome. Our first Bioware stuff, Star Wars. Like, come on, <laughs> uh, dude. I, I was, I was, I didn't jump in before, but. Uh, I played Knights of the Old Republic and loved it. I played Mass Effect and loved it. It was not at a time that I was paying attention to who's making games. No idea it was made by the same people until years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say, at, um, the uh, port for Knights of the Old Republic on the iPad, it, it runs pretty well. Yeah? Oh, man. I and might now have to do that. you could just put your Xbox controller to your iPad or your PlayStation 4 controller or whatever you want to use. Hmm. Hmm. That could work. Oh, there's issues with the game's not canon, though, right? So, like, right? Is that is that true, Al? You can help me out here. That is true, but which, you know which what? hurts sometimes. It does. Who but cares? Who who cares? Just like you enjoyed the game already. Right. So. I will. I will. I would like to go back into it. There was like this myth of this Mandalorian armor that you can get that I was trying. To, I was trying so hard to do everything I could in the game to get it, and I never did. But <laughs> I, I would go back for that. I, I have it installed on my phone. Um, and I just haven't started it yet. But I'm mm. trying to see. I can't see the price because I own it. I don't th- I think it's on sale frequently, though. So if you can add it to like a wish list or something, which Apple took away, so like any third party app to do a wish list. And Anthony lost his phone. That's Got cool. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think, I mean, Anthony probably still owns the copy. It's back. Oh, I have it. I have it. So he can play it on his Xbox One. It's not there. What the hell is it? I think it's up there. <laughs> I think I have it still. It's up there sure. with the with the Phantom Menace game, right? so al do you want to drop any teas for the next one yes uh when we return whenever that may be uh we'll pick up in 2007 in one month span ea purchases bioware or purchases the holding company that owns bioware and pandemic i believe um it's vg that 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 should be a dirty word now that's (laughs) pandemic (laughs) yeah Uh, that's October of 2007 and in November of 2007, Mass Effect's released. So we're going to start mm. talking about the rise of Bioware. Okay. Cool. Cool. Right. It's $9.99, by the way. <laughs> nice it, it, it's frequently on sale. If I okay. see it on sale, I'll tell you. It, should it be cheaper than that? I, I kind of want to buy it before it's cheaper than that. That seems reasonable. Oh, it, it, I, I, we'll talk off air. <laughs> um, so before we get here, Ant, what have you been playing? You know what I've been playing, Brian. I'm I'm so close to the end of The Last of Us Two, and that's the game that's sending me to therapy. Oh, that's yeah, right. I, I forgot that was part of your opening. Oh my god, <laughs> I I I I'm in a weird state right now because I just played like two hours before getting on the skull, and I am just an emotional wreck. <laughs> oh boy, I was wondering. You seem a little quieter in some of this. Oh god, 
it it hits hard, Al. It does. It's a heavy. Oh, game. I, I believe it. I uh, I read your spoil filled spoiler filled review of both games, so I'm pretty well up on the lore. It seems. Um, it sounds uh sounds like an emotional ride. Yeah. So it's I, I, uh, I, I'm I'm not done with it, but I'm done for now until we we finally do that spoiler cast. Yeah. I, I I told I told Al that in a in a Flicks in a Six episode that I'm putting Neil Druckmann up there with Christopher Nolan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there he's been on a lot of podcasts talking about it, and like he just he carries himself so well about mm-hmm. criticism about every like he is just a stand up guy. Like I like listening to him speak about things. I can't wait to listen to stuff after I, I after yeah. it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> just real quick, four ninety nine is frequently on sale for. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, Al, you've been playing anything? Uh, I have not had time to play anything. Uh, I basically have barely been keeping up with even watching the stuff that I enjoy to watch, <laughs> plus watching what we need to watch for Flicks and a Six. Um, though I did try and earmark some time to play the other day, but I got caught in the rabbit hole of research for this uh, this series <laughs> on Game Bites. But no, next week I'm going to try and earmark some time because much like Christopher Lee and his yearly journey into middle earth as he would read the whole um series of tolkien books i try to journey into mass effect once yearly and i think it's about time that i jump into to mass effect for myself yeah. um and going back to my intro since i'm not actually playing anything that is <laughs> from mass effect 2 where you have the option on the citadel to record endorsements for companies in order to awesome. get cheaper things and that was his thing it's become like a long-running joke among the fandom for a long time so that's really funny I, i'm commander shepherd and this is my favorite store on the citadel is uh... <laughs> <laughs> i like that so la- last night i just finished the game uh i think it's available on steam but i played it on mobile and I'm slacking you guys. It's three screenshots right now. Okay. Because actually, I'm not going to send it just yet because I want to get my thought out first. Oh, it's boy. a found phone horror game. Like you find this girl's phone and there's a creepy video of her saying, like, don't try to find me. And it's all distorted. And it's really creepy. And I just sent it. So you have this girl's phone. And I felt like such a creep looking through her phone because it's uh. such a well-realized phone. Oh, because oh. no, it's, it's real people. I was expecting it was going to be like in like game. Like I didn't know oh, this was real life pictures of people. Right. And now I don't like at, this. Look at a picture of her photo gallery that I sent you. Like that looks like it would be a girl's like thing. Like this pictures of food, pictures of this random like scenery. Like it, it's God. It, it's it makes me feel so creepy. It makes you feel uneasy for so many reasons. Like one by like design this. of the story and everything. It's it's a supernatural story. I don't really like where it ended up going. Well, I'll um, tell you. Oh, wait, you finished it? I finished it. Okay, I was gonna say I'll tell you why you're uncomfortable. Because at the end, you're the killer. Because you fucking creep. You're the one reading through her phone. <laughs> uh, uh, but you, I don't like you, this you at have all. her phone. You're trying to figure out what happened to her. And as you're you're progressing, you're under you're unlocking these like vlogs that she recorded. So oh you're God. just watching this girl talk like, and it's just, it's so real because it's a real actress and it's, it's so easy to do like, all right, hold your phone and record this. We're going to upload this to this video. Right. So it just looks real. You're texting with people like her ex-boyfriend trying to figure out what's going on. There's, they made like this fake Tinder that you're talking to people on there. Jeez. It, it's, it's just so well realized and the way it looks just, it's so unsettling. That actually is a really cool concept. It's not something I would be interested in playing in, but I love the idea of it. 
if there there's I think I don't know if it's a prequel to that, but I, I found out after the fact. There's one called Sarah is Missing, which is a lot shorter experience. It's only a way to bury the lead. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's a lot shorter and it's free. So that sounds cool. You could download that and just give it a shot. I, I downloaded it. I'm gonna try it because even though I didn't like where this one ended up, there's multiple endings. I ended up getting the worst ending. Uh which- <laughs> So then I looked at a YouTube video to find out like other endings and it, basically the ending I got, if you didn't get that ending the first time, you'd have to replay the game to get that because you have to be a dick in certain parts. And then that made me feel like a dick because I tried to actually like think like how I would respond to things while playing this game. So I wasn't trying to be a dick, but apparently I was. See, you know, <laughs> this goes back to what you're talking about, like playing like the bad version of like Knights of the Republic or Mass Effect. And don't get me wrong, I always played Paragon to start, but you know, you, you got to give the. Um, oh my god, I can't believe I can't think of the the word for. Well, the- while you're thinking, I don't think I even said the name of this game. It's Simulacra, which <laughs> I did not know that's how you said it until it was spoken to me in the game. What is that? Simulacra. I, yeah, I know that's a real word, isn't it? What does that mean? I have no. Clue. I've seen that before. It means creepy video game. <laughs> <laughs> Renegade was the word I was looking for. Um, you know, uh, you have to go back and play through the Renegade version, and like there are some cool moments for sure in that. But you know, ultimately, you just feel. I feel like I need to take a shower when I'm playing that way. <laughs> yeah, like when when I have because it's a phone game. So now instead of looking at my wallpaper i see this girl in like her phone but i'm <laughs> holding a physical phone looking at this it was just so like that's kind of so was, weird it, yeah it was so unsettling to hit like <laughs> oh photos like and i just see selfies of this girl and food that i didn't eat so unsettling oh man you know you you must have something for these sorts of games because this reminds me a little bit based on reading the review you wrote on like was it she sees red was that the one Oh, yeah, but she, now she sees red was an interactive movie. You yeah. made uh, maybe like fifteen different like um, spots where you had to make a decision, but the rest you're just watching this movie, which was a horribly voice acted movie, but a good movie. Yeah, no, and, I just I thought it was cool. Like, like for whatever reason, it just feels like you've been drawn a little bit in the past like several months to like these like live action like experiences. Well. The truth behind that is, and that goes for She Sees Red and goes for Simulacra, is during the pandemic, a lot of developers have been saying, our game's free this this week, get it, and then it's going back to regular price. And like I just I follow a subreddit where all these things are our sales are shown. I was like, oh, download, oh, download, and then I just as I get to them. So I didn't they were all free like on iPhone at some point. Mm. That, okay. That's where it's coming from. So sim- simulacrum is singular. Simulacra is plural. It's an image or representation of someone or something else. Huh. That makes sense for yeah where, where the story goes. Yep. I figured it would. All right. Well, Al, thank you so much for joining, starting this off. I'm looking forward to the next one. No, thank you. You've allowed me to talk about one of my favorite things in this <laughs> world. And also, you guys have given me a backdoor to hijack any other recordings you guys are doing. I'm just going to jump in casually when I know you're recording and just like, hey guys, and then disappear. And I'm not going to know what happened. <laughs> See, as long as we remain professional and don't acknowledge you, the recording will never pick it up. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's yeah, because I went up to Zencaster. We just talk directly over him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hard to do. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, I was confused when you're doing the intro because I figured, you know, Anthony's on with you every week that you would introduce him first and like I'm the guest mm. and you would do me second. But then you were describing, I was like, man, this is a weird way to describe it. Oh, he's talking about me. <laughs> I, whenever I've had a, a guest here and there, I've always, I just, I like to close it out with Anthony because I don't always make someone say something awkward, but I always make him say something awkward. Right. So you already prepped me that you had something. So that's why I went with you. But when we've had guests, I would just be like, oh, what's up? Or say hi. But Anthony, I wanted to end with his awkwardness because he's been on point every episode. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that's the easy way to end it, Ant. Go to your word. Bye. <laughs> Bye.